Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and as always, we are sponsored by hashtag basketball.com. Let's get right into the box scores tonight. Uh, there were some interesting games, and I'm going to start out with, I think, what I would call the most interesting stats uh, that I saw in a box score of the night. Uh, that's is, I think that might be the official title of this segment. The interest, most interesting stats in a box score I saw tonight goes to the Washington Wizards versus the Orlando Magic. This was a non-defensive played, high-scoring game. Uh, 124 to 116, the Magic over the Wizards. And John Wall had 52 points tonight. So right after the uh, 60-point outing by Clay Thompson, uh, John Wall falls with a 52-point outing in a loss, of all, of all things. Everybody else on this team kind of uh, didn't play incredibly well, and which is why I believe John Wall just went off. Their starters played heavy minutes. John Wall had 52 points, 8 assists, 3 steals and uh four rebounds including five three-pointers which is uh definitely way above john wall's average john wall so far this year has been i think kind of what you thought he would be uh he's he's only shooting 56 percent which is um actually better than i i think john wall normally shoots let me let me make sure but yeah, he's shooting better this year, taking uh, having a better shot selection, and which has helped him uh, his scoring go up. His three pointers are uh, up as well. I think he he worked on that shot a little bit. His steals are above two per game, which is excellent. And for a guard, he gets over a half a block a game, which is very very strange. John Wall is an elite point guard, and he continues to be an elite point guard. The more concerning thing, I think, on this team is is the rest of this squad. So I'm uh, and Brad, Bradley Beal. I'm I've said many a times I am no fan of, but he is a fantasy league relevant. Marcin Gortat is fantasy league relevant, and Otto Porter has been having a, an outstanding breakout year when it comes to nine cat roto leagues. Um, he's not doing the things that John Wall is doing. I, I'd rank John Wall as a obviously a better player than Otto Porter, but Otto Porter is, when you consider all nine categories, is actually ranked higher on averages per game than John Wall right now, which is which is pretty incredible. To me, Otto Porter has been doing this for over a month now, for 24 games, and that's not, that's really not an outlier. I, uh, I think you have to go... Uh, you have to run with uh, Otto Porter for the rest of the season until he proves otherwise. I know a lot of people probably sold high on him, but right now he's he's no longer a sell high. He's just a guy who plays incredibly well. Tonight, though, he had a, a kind of a dud of a game, and I'm going to just chalk this up to the rest of the team was playing pretty poorly, and John Wall just went crazy. Um, Otto Porter only had seven points and three assists, no other in in a three pointer, and no other stats tonight. But uh, to me, I'd call that an outlier. Uh, the Washington Wizards, Marcus or Markeith Morris is the only other player on this team that is I would consider in the drop zone. And so, as a definition for drop zone for uh, people who might be just joining us, uh, is a guy who can be on the bench, could be on your waivers, uh, and it is somewhere in between. It, it depends on your on your league size. And I usually stick to standard leagues, so to me, standard leagues are 10 to 12-team leagues, uh, nine cats, uh, typical rosters. And um, these are guys who are all, I, I feel, interchangeable. They are in the, uh, when you look at rankings, they're in the 120 to 140 range, uh, or they dabble within that range at any, at any given time. Uh, right now... Just because of uh, of who Markeith Morris is, nine cat wise, he's he could be owned, but to me, he's a drop zone type player. He wavers every once in a while. He doesn't do anything terribly elite, but he doesn't do anything really poorly. The only caveat to that is his he doesn't shoot enough threes for me to be an, a, a nine cat type player, and his field goal percentage is poor, which also makes him a hindrance in nine cat uh, leagues but he has been shooting a little bit better 
over the last week. If you wanted to take a flyer on Markeith Morris, if that's the type of player you need that gets uh, a steal and a block, so one block, one steal a game, which is uh, very hard to come by. There's only a handful of guys in the league who do that, and there's only a handful of league, uh, in the guys who do that and do other stuff. Most guys do a block and a steal a game, kind of are this type of player where they get around 13 points, they get around four to six rebounds, their assists aren't good, their threes are either really good or not good at all. So there's a lot of guys who fit in this category. And uh, Markeith Morris is kind of the middle-of-the-road type of you know mediocre, into-the-bench, nine-cat guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm to me, he's not playing well enough to own in my normal standard leagues, though I, I do play in shallower leagues. But a uh, 12-team league, I, I see him being an end-of-the-bench guy right now and, and it, hovering in that drop zone. Let's go to the Orlando Magic. Um, this is why this was interesting stats of the night. John Wall with uh, just kind of an incredible performance. Um, moving over to the Orlando Magic, they end up playing their bench almost as much as their as their starters. And Alfred Payton played more than their starters. I, I think Alfred Payton was just on fire. This was another night where Bismack Miambo got the start along with Aaron Gordon and DJ Augustine. The Orlando Magic had been running with that rotation lately and to, you know, mixed success, really. And that's kind of hurt the value of Vucevic. How's that for pronunciation out there on Twitter? Um, Vucevic... He's coming off the bench along with Alfred Payton, but tonight those guys played well enough to be uh, standard league relevant. Vucevic has continued to be standard league relevant, you know, 10 to 12 team relevant throughout his uh, move to the bench. Bismack Miambo actually is the one who has not really, even though he's been starting, Biambo has not uh, earned a standard uh, league, I guess, starting spot, even though he's been getting the NBA starting spot lately tonight on the other hand um and this is why this tonight is really interesting I think for the Lando Magic I don't uh, I don't know if this is an outlier for this team or if this is a new rotation but uh or if everybody was just playing really well against a team that's mediocre like the Wizards but um Bismack Biombo tonight 14 points 13 rebounds two assists three blocks that's the old Bismack Biombo and that's the kind of guy you saw that, that had so much value in Toronto. And to me, this is an outlier game for now. But he's been starting for the last six games, uh, Bismack Biombo has. And his rebounds have been solid. They've been good. They have not, uh, they've been over uh, 10 a game in the last week. Uh, approaching 10 in the last two weeks. His blocks have what really been kind of lagging behind. He's should be kind of a two-block type of guy. And he's hovering around uh, being a, a block, block and a half type player. And the reason he needs that uh, elite block status to be fantasy league, uh, standard league relevant is because he really doesn't do anything else. His steals are low. His uh, assists are almost non-existent. He's never going to shoot threes. He's never going to be an elite scorer. So he has to shoot well from the field, and he has to be an elite block and rebound guy, and that's the only way he can be standard league relevant. Tonight he was those things. That ceiling is still there. That potential is still there. Uh, If you're in a bigger league, if you're in a 14- to 16-team league, I, I think he should be owned simply because he's starting. In 10 to 12 leagues, I see maybe taking a flyer on him in 12 leagues. To, to me, Bismack Biombo's not a, uh, a drop zone guy, not a guy who's going to be mediocre enough to be maybe on your team, maybe not, and you're kind of indifferent about it. He's more of a flyer type player where when he's playing hot, you can actually get some incredible stats from a guy like that. But when he's when he's playing bad, he's almost not worth owning. And... Yeah, Bismack Biembo, I'm willing to take a flyer on in 12-team leagues, 10-team leagues, if you're desperate for blocks and rebounds. This could be a, a, a breakout period. This could be a fluke. And uh, I think Bismack Biombo is worth, from what he did last year, what his ceiling was last year when he was playing heavy minutes, 
it's worth giving him the chance for a flyer. So you should have a team, every team, every league you're in, you should have a a guy on your bench that is uh, disposable. If you don't, well, here's the thing. Everyone in every league, no matter who you are, and there's kind of some rules of thumb, and I think someone wrote these on, on Twitter not too long ago, and I thought that they summed it up well, and I'm going to paraphrase it poorly, I assume. The uh, the main thing to, to consider when you're dropping somebody is, is someone going to pick them up right when you drop them? So that's someone who has value. If, they're, if they have enough value to be picked up if you drop them, if someone's going to pick them up off of waivers immediately right after you drop them, then they have enough value to be on a team. If they have enough value to be on a team, do they have trade value? And that's usually a yes. There's got to – if you have someone – if someone's willing to – it might not be a good trade for you, but if someone would pick them up off the waiver, then they have trade value because someone wants that person on their team. It's it's pretty simple and straightforward. The You have to be realistic about your, your team's value. And this is different in Roto Leagues versus head-to-head leagues. In Roto Leagues, there are guys who you're not playing, and they're not playing – and they're sitting on your bench, and they're kind of there as a, as a safe gap between your starters and injury. In head-to-head league, you're streaming all those players off your bench. But if you're not considering guys off a of waiver who are hot, you're not really allowing yourself to to stream correctly. If you're just relying on you know in, day in and day out the guys off your bench and not taking a look at the waiver and not really looking at how your week's setting up. So this is for people who have daily lineups. Uh, I don't understand people who play weekly lineups. It makes absolutely no sense to play a weekly lineup whatsoever. So if you're in a league that has weekly lineups, lineups stop playing weekly lineups because if it's Monday and Dwight Howard gets injured on Wednesday and they have a game on Thursday, and I don't know why I use Dwight Howard, but you have Dwight Howard starting on Thursday, and he's not going to play, that's no fault of your own. You shouldn't be penalized for an injury that you couldn't see coming, for not being able to predict the future. It's not like those teams start four players when their players get injured in real life. They're able to move someone in off their bench onto their roster or onto their starting lineup. So if you have a, a starting lineups that lock at the beginning of the week, you're doing it wrong. That's not how that's not how fantasy basketball works. Uh, I get a limiting waiver wire pickups during the week. That does make a lot of sense. That that helps limit games. Um, I like having a a max if you can do it if your if your system does it. If you're in a weekly league, max games played per week. That uh, levels the playing field because, um, obviously, if you play in head-to-head, you know that more games per week really matters. And having those guys on your team, having those guys off the waivers to replace bench guys who might play three to two games. If some guy's playing four games, that's more valuable. Um, It's just kind of like a – to me, it's, it's it's a game of numbers and playing whoever plays most. And that's not being better than someone. That's just playing more games than someone else. Any rube, yeah, I use the word rube, can play more games than another person and win. That just is obvious, in my opinion. And that's why I play mostly roto leagues, or if I'm in a head-to-head league, there's either a max limit, a very low max limit of waiver wire pickups per week, or there's actually a game max per week, which... Um, I think helps level the playing field into um, something that's a little bit more realistic. And so that's my diatribe on um, weekly head-to-head leagues and versus roto leagues. And um, going back to Bismack Biombo, which I think got me started on that rant, Biombo to me is a guy that is good enough to take a flyer on in all of those leagues. Uh, 10-team smaller league roto would probably be my the exception to that rule, um, simply because Bismack Biombo doesn't do enough outside of blocks and rebounds. But you know why not? Like if you should always have someone on the end of your roster, and this is where I got into this tangent. 
if you don't have someone at the end of your roster to get rid of, you should be trading that person. You you should be able to take advantage of guys who come out of nowhere and get hot off the wire. And if you don't think you can drop someone on your team, then you have a bad team. And I know that sounds counterproductive. Like, every one of my guys is good enough to play. That's not a bad team. Well, if, if the, some of those guys at the end of your bench are good, not great, and there's someone off the waiver who becomes great, even if it is for two weeks, you're missing out on quality starts. And so you drop the guy who's not good, who's or who's mediocre but good enough, someone picks that guy up, you get two weeks out of a really great guy, but... Now you you're missing out on the mediocre starts uh, from the from the bench player that you let go. So I don't I personally don't like playing that way. Some people like to have like a very uh, taut roster and don't play the waivers. And I just don't think that's the way to 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 win a league is not playing the waivers. I mean, there's always there's always outliers. If you have like just a stud filled team and you're fine and you're in first place and you're kind of killing everybody, yeah, maybe don't change what you're doing. I think you're doing just fine. But if you're at the bottom half of your league and you're like, I don't need, I'm not, I can't drop this guy at the end of my bench. Yeah, you can drop that guy at the end of your bench. You need to know who those one to two players are, and you need to take flyers on guys like Bismack Biombo, who I would suggest taking a flyer on. The uh, Alfred Payton came off the bench and had uh, scored 25 points. He had nine assists, three steals, three freaking blocks, and uh, three three-pointers. I've been out on Alfred Payton. I actually dropped him in uh, a few leagues once he moved to the bench. This is why I kept Alfred Payton around for so long, because Alfred Payton does have this this ceiling in him. Uh, it might not be a true ceiling. It's It could be just you know the peaks and valleys. But the fact that he can peak at this level, um, and this is not the first crazy game from him. He, he's had a 23-9-7 game earlier this year. He's had an 18-10-3 game earlier this year. Um, this is not this is not Alfred Payton's first breakout game. Um, is this the first game he's gotten? He's got three blocks in. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that was kind of impressive, and I, that's an outlier too. But Alfred Payton is a drop zone player, but a performance like this is is why I, I consider him someone you can keep around at the end of your bench. So I know I was just talking about people who are at the end of your bench, you can get rid of them. I did get rid of Alfred Payton um, in, in quite a few leagues, but... Alfred Payton's ceiling is higher than someone in the drop zone like Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris could be more stable, more secure, and he can give you, you know, top 100 performances night in and night out, but it's going to be in that 90, 80 to 100 range of, of performances, uh, kind of ranked player, 80 to 100 ranked players. Alfred Payton, on the other hand, <clears throat> he is capable of giving you a top, you know, 30 top 20 performance every once in a while mixed in with a bunch of performances that are you know below 150 uh, i feel tonight kind of um showed off what his potential is i'm not gonna go run and pick elford payton back up in in standard leagues, in deeper leagues, like 14 to 16-sized uh, leagues, uh, he should be owned, and he should be owned already because even though he moved to the bench, he didn't. his playing time only went down um, a tad. It didn't go down a whole lot. And DJ Augustine is not the future of this team. So in the long term, Alfred Payton's position and playing time should be fine. And games like this uh, show what he is capable of. He is very young. I would. Um, I'm not running and taking a flyer on Alfred Payton in standard leagues unless I see another good game from him. And then, um, you know, if you're desperate for a point guard, now's the time to take the flyer on him. If you're good with point guards and you're just kind of interested in him as a player to have uh, to add value to your team, maybe use him as a trade chip in the future. Um, this, I would wait another game if you're kind of set already in point guard. I wouldn't waste a waiver wire pick on him right now because I think this is an outlier. It was against the Wizards. They're not really known for playing a staunch defense. But, yeah, there's a lot of weird stats in this game. Um, 
Jeff Green had 20 points. He was six for nine. He had a three pointer, three rebounds. I I don't terribly I don't terribly love Jeff Green at all, but Jeff Green has been playing a, a little bit more lately, and he has moved his way in the conversation of maybe someone you need to own. Obviously, deeper leagues, you should own anyone who's playing more than 25 minutes. I think that's just common sense. And Jeff Green is playing over 25 minutes. They, uh, th- 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 he's Jeff Green's taking Aaron Gordon's minutes. Like they're tr- they're sharing a position, um, which which is not Aaron Gordon's position. Aaron Gordon's more of a four. So, but they're playing Aaron Gordon at the three. They played Aaron Gordon three. Uh, started him at the three tonight. In 28 minutes, he was nine points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and three blocks, which is is pretty nice. They, they're they still figuring out their way. The Orlando Magic, Frank Vogel's still figuring out what his rotation looks like. Aaron Gordon has moved back up into someone I'm, I'm, I'm considering. In bigger leagues, I've picked him back up if I've dropped him. In standard leagues, I don't think Aaron Gordon or Jeff Green are worth owning. I think there's enough players out there that uh, play better than them right now. But I'm keeping an eye on Aaron Gordon. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on this whole team. It's the fact that the rotation is in flux. Uh, it adds risk, but it adds reward. I guess if that makes sense. So let's. Uh, we, I think we spent a lot of time on the box scores that I found most interesting game of the night. So let's move on to the next game: the Knicks versus the Heat. Uh, Chris Porzingis still um, balling pretty hard. A little off shooting tonight. 14 points, 12 rebounds, and one block. I think that's fine. Noah got the start but only played 14 minutes. In those 14 minutes, he had 10 points and 10 rebounds with two assists. So Noah's not standard league relevant, but I think he he still fits a uh, a certain type of uh, punt strategy in, in bigger leagues. Uh, he also could be streamable in head-to-head leagues. 14 minutes is pretty pitiful. There's probably other players you could stream that play a little bit better and do similar stuff to Joakim Noah. So right now, Noah really um, is not playing enough to be considered, and he's always an injury risk, so I wouldn't waste like an actual roster spot on Joakim Noah by any means. It's, um, it's sad, but Joakim Noah will be in and out of, of lineups throughout the year. And uh, tonight he was in, and he, he only played a little bit, but played well. Derrick Rose has been playing uh, actually a lot better lately. And um, I've always been um, someone who would say sell uh, high on Derrick Rose if he's playing well because he's going to revert back to the mean. Um, he he was scoring a lot better. He's, he's shooting a lot better as well. He's gone away, I think, from his three-point game which never really developed and never really was helping him a lot. Um, he does have a decent long two game, and I think that's uh, better than it usually is, but he's developed a really good rapport with Kristaps Porzingis, running the pick and roll and, and finding him. So his assists um, have been better than I thought they would be. He's averaging almost five assists per game. But this is all similar to the his you know post injury career averages over the last two years um his numbers in steals blocks assists rebounds um are all very in points are all very similar to what he's doing right now he's getting to the line a little bit more which is very um i think healthy uh maybe not for derrick rose's knees but it's healthy for a fantasy uh, standpoint derrick rose is a drop zone player who i've who i consider droppable if you if you really want a point guard who scores and doesn't do the intangibles, doesn't get good steals, doesn't get good assists, then that's your guy. I'd rather take a flyer on Alfred Payton than have Derrick Rose on my team. And that's uh, I'm sticking by that. Brandon Jings with another great assist stream night. He had nine assists in 24 minutes. He only had six points, but a steal and a rebound and a three he thrown in there. He's a great stream player, not ownable in standard leagues. Um, I guess ownable in bigger leagues, 14 to 16 sized leagues. Going over to the Heat, we still have Justice Winslow out, so this roster's still in flux. Um, 
boy, Josh McRoberts with the start uh, again tonight. Not not impressive enough to to want, warrant me going out and pick up uh, picking up McBob. I'm not uh, I'm not a huge fan of his. I I, I like his NBA game, uh, but I'm not a huge fan of his, his fantasy game. Even though tonight. He did uh, have seven points, nine rebounds, and five assists. Those five assists are pretty high, but um, yeah, not it's not convincing me to run out and pick him up at all. Looking at the rest of this team, we still have uh, Waiters. It looks like Waiters is still out, so we do have uh, Dragic taking up uh, quite a bit of the um, offense, which he is known to do. I think Dragic is fine owning moving forward. Uh, he does get good, unlike Derrick Rose, he does get good assists at four point guard. He's also getting a, over a three a game and around an assist a game in the last two weeks where, um, you know, this team has been injured. But once Dion Waiters and, you know, James Johnson's out with an injury, uh, Josh Richardson's out with an injury, Luke Babbitt's out with this injury. And uh, Justice Winslow's out with an injury. Once this team gets healthy, it's going to be a completely different team. So some of these guys are are temporary players. Uh, Wayne Ellington, I think, is standard league relevant right now. He's playing well enough um, to 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 be on someone's roster with uh, close to three threes per game and and a steal, but um, a little over a steal a game actually, and. Um, Scoring okay, you know, he, he looks pretty good. Wayne Ellington's minutes are going to, are going to I, I would assume, drop once everyone gets healthy. Though, I mean, he has averaged 32 minutes a game so far this season, uh, but he, he has only played these, these five games over the last few weeks or over the last um, week or so. And to me... That that's during the time where all these teams have been injured, so they've been going to him. But I think he'll his minutes will fall off in in lieu of Waiters and Winslow coming back. So to me, Wayne Ellington's probably a sell high. Uh, Ryan McGruder has been playing uh, and starting, but he's definitely I wouldn't consider him standard league relevant. Bigger leagues, like like I said, uh, you should start anyone or you should have anyone on a team who plays more than twenty five minutes. So fourteen. 16 team uh, sized leagues. Rodney McGruder's ownable. Standard league, he's not. He's not ownable in standard leagues at all. Uh, Wayne Ellington, if he's on your waivers, I'd pick him up and ride the hot hand. Maybe try to trade him if if your team if your league is a little bit more trade savvy than most. They'll see right through you trying to give Wayne Ellington away. But he's he's got value. So I was talking about you know you got to pick up guys with value. Bring him on your team. Ride a hot hand. And then understand what uh, this guy, he's got a hot hand, but it's not going to last. It's not going to last forever. And when this team's healthy, his minutes are going to go down. So his value will drop. And so you got to sell sell high on those guys, uh, even if they come off the waiver. And I know a lot of a lot of trades from just, you know, experiences of, you know, probably far too many, thinking far too much about fantasy basketball trades in my life. If you pick up someone off the waiver wire and then try to trade them within the week, People will not accept that trade, almost bar none, no matter what. And even if you're going for, like, their end-of-the-bench guy, they'll be like, nah, screw you, man, I could have picked him up and I didn't. I'm not going to trade you for someone on my team for someone I could have just picked up. That is the normal mentality. That is the normal mindset as someone who um, – it's it's not – terribly incorrect of a mindset but it's 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 a fallacy if you should approach each trade as a trade not as what i could have done uh a week ago before when you picked him up i could have picked him up that's not how you should approach trades and that's not how other people should approach trades either but um so that does hurt trade value of someone you picked up off the wire recently but if you've been writing wayne ellington since he got back if you picked him up during that second game where he dropped 20 points I, I think he's a sell high here in the next week or so with the um, the fact that, you know, Deion Wears will come back within a week or so. Um, and so will, hopefully, um, Justice Winslow. So, uh, sell high on, on Wayne Ellington. 
Let's move on to the next game, the Sixers versus the Grizzlies. Grizzlies pulling out another win. Uh, I'm I'm proud of the, this Grizzlies team. Zach Randolph is back. Zach Randolph in 22 minutes had 12 points and 14 rebounds and an assist. That is a very Zach Randolph line. Uh, points, rebounds, and nothing much else. But doing that in 22 minutes makes him, uh, you know, kind of bottom of the roster, uh, standard league relevant. He, um, he is in the drop zone for me, and I, I don't – pick up since i'm in nine cat roto leagues a lot i really don't pick up guys who do one thing or two things and zach Ranoff really does he's really just a rebound and some points guy and he plays limited minutes i think i'd rather uh much rather have jermichael green jermichael green across the board i think is just a better player yet uh when it comes to fantasy jermichael green had 13 points 10 rebounds Three assists, two steals, and a block, and that's where those that that value comes from. The fact that he can do uh, something else other than just points, straight points, straight rebounds. A little bit more uh, interesting uh, stat lines here. Mike, with Mike Connolly out, we've uh, we've seen the point guard starting role go to Andrew uh, Harrison, and Andrew Harrison hasn't really done enough with um, hasn't been terribly impressive. Let's put it that way. And he's he's really a, a poor man's um, a non-scoring Derrick Rose uh, with when you look at his stats, and um, that's uh, that's pretty bad. And tonight he was one for nine with two points, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal and a block. His blocks are surprisingly high, but he only played twenty eight minutes. Wade Baldwin actually played twenty four minutes, so we, I'm not sure if Wade Baldwin is sneaking in to his um to his playing time but troy daniels it has been and, and troy daniels has had uh, a, a handful of games in the last week um that have been really impressive from a, a scoring stance and i think troy troy daniels is worth taking a flyer on he's playing enough minutes he's scoring he's shooting threes and he's kind of like a i make threes and score points and and do uh not too much else type of guy so do um I guess make be aware that he's not going to be some sort of all-star player, but the fact that he can score pretty well and and, and hit a lot of threes tonight, uh, Troy Daniels um, hit one three, but he shot eight of them. So a bad shooting night from him, and you, you have to expect a guy coming off the bench who isn't you know a household name. He's going to have some dud nights, and you're going to have to allow him to have some dud nights. But on averages. Um, he could be considered in the drop zone, but I would cons- uh, I'd put him a little bit ab- uh, above the drop zone into kind of a into the bench guy who gives you good threes. Head to head leagues, I think his threes are, are elite enough to warrant um, streaming at the at the hundred percent streamer for Troy Daniels. But I think you can own Troy Daniels moving forward just and see how this plays out with the Grizzlies now. If they they start moving rotations around and Troy Daniels stops playing as much, you know he's now the guy you drop on your team, and that's fine. You can you should always have someone who can, you can drop on your team. So for Daniels, um, roto league, uh, I'm a little less interested in him. I consider him in a, a drop zone position, uh, unless you're desperate for threes and uh, and scoring. And so then you maybe move him on the team, give him a shot. But I don't think Daniels' ceiling's super high. So in roto leagues, you're more interested in a high ceiling where a guy could be a consummate starter instead of a guy you could just throw in and get good stats every once in a while like you are interested in head-to-head leagues. Um, and that goes back to Zach Randolph. Zach Randolph's a great rebound streamer um, for head-to-head leagues. Over the 76ers tonight, um, Joel Embiid did not play tonight. He uh, was resting, and that gave a lot more minutes to, um, well, Yersan Ilyasova, who had a, a monster line tonight, 23 points, 17 freaking rebounds, four three-pointers, four assists, a steal, and two blocks. Um, I've said Ilyasova is ownable in all leagues, and I've said that for, I think, a, a week or two now. Uh, once his move to the starting lineup, I, I'd said, said watch him. He's kind of like a, a, a fantasy tramp where uh, everyone in the league will go through uh, Ilyasova. They'll put him on their team and drop him at some point. But with the 76ers just being on a on a worse team than usual for Ilyasova, which is actually saying a lot from teams he's he used to be on, but uh, Ilyasova seems to be th- thriving in, in, in the 76ers system, uh, kind of being a, a decent focal point to um, 
to balance out the rest of this team. He's more of a veteran player. He knows what he's doing. And tonight, you know, Monster Line, I think he's ownable in all leagues. I don't see any reason not to, even though tonight is definitely a like a, a, his ceiling, an outlier. He'll, I don't think he'll even come close to getting another game. Well, maybe not not close, but this is not who Iliasov is tonight, this monster game. Uh, so, you know, if you can one-off a sell high on Ilyasova, why not? Why not parlay this into a better player who's a little bit more consistent and whose playing time isn't threatened by the return of Ben Simmons, uh, a, 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 a Joel Embiid that they're going to play every game, Nerlens Noel if he ever comes back. And so the fact that Ilyasova's minutes for the long term, and, and this is the time of the year to start thinking about the long term, Start putting a, a long term into context. And if you're in a roto league, you kind of already should be thinking about the long term all the time. But um, as the as you kind of know your place in your league right now and what you need to get done, um, you know if you're in the bottom of the league, you can get be more risky and take flyers and and try to get players like Ilyasova um, to you know take a flyer on those types of guys. And if they pay off, they pay off, and that helps helps boost your uh, your quality starts. If you're, you know, in the top of the league, though, this is more of a uh, your strategy is more to like consider your long term success. So, who on your team is is expendable? Who isn't? You know, still you want to take flyers and try to get quality starts. You want to do this. You still want to take flyers on guys like Ilyasova. Why not? But it's it's less important to you. Um, and if you have a player who's good. But Ilyasova is playing great, but that good player on your team is going to play good for the rest of the year. So let's say Mo Harkless. Ilyasova's line tonight is better than Mo Harkless has been playing in the last uh, week or so. Mo Harkless is more consistent. He's got more starting time. I know uh, Al Farouk Aminu is, is coming back, so we'll see how that um, goes in in Portland. But that's for another podcast. Um, that's why I'm not taking... A, a flyer on Ilyasova if I if I don't have um, a roster spot and you should you should have a roster spot for Ilyasova but I'm not cons- I'm not wanting to trade Ilyasova for Mo Harkless right but if you got a great line from Ilyasova tonight and you think Mo Harkless is, is someone like I said better in the long term Mo Harkless's minutes are more stable than Ilyasova's future minutes when everybody's healthy on this team. Um, that that'd be a good trade. That, I think that'd be a great trade. But I b- have been impressed with Ilyasova. He should be owned in all leagues. Um, Sergio Rodriguez's uh, shooting f- fell off again. He lost some of his minutes to T.J. McConnell tonight. T.J. McConnell had nine rebounds, two steals, and five points. I don't see that anything as an outlier. Both of those guys, I believe, are below the drop zone in standard leagues. Though it is interesting to see T.J. McConnell when T.J. McConnell plays heavier minutes. His assists are uh, streamable in in all head-to-head leagues. Really, he's he's kind of an elite assist guy. In um, when he gets uh, twenty-five plus minutes, I don't see Sergio Rodriguez being a threat, uh, being threatened by uh, T.J. McConnell. So, not right now. It could be interesting in in the future. Uh, T.J. McConnell, if they want to go young, if they want to see, I think they already kind of know what they have with him, but. Um, yeah, th- there could be an interesting position battle later in the future. In the future, but uh, with Ben Simmons possibly coming back in January, uh, at least that's the word on the street. You know, a point guard is less interesting to this team because Ben Simmons should be their point guard. We'll see, though. We don't even really know what Ben Simmons is going to give you. Um, rest of this team, uh, Nick Stauskas got the start. I think uh, you can safely not worry about Nick's uh, Stauskas. I, I, I know he's kind of been decent every once in a while, and he's getting a lot of uh, minutes, but in standard leagues, I don't see why he's ownable in, in a 10-12 to 12 league. I, I, I don't see why you would want him on your team because he just doesn't He doesn't really uh, do enough, and his, he's inconsistent, and he should be an elite three-point guy, and he's like a mediocre three-point guy. So yeah, I'm not I'm not running out the door picking him up either. 
Um, the only other guy on this team I kind of like to watch is uh, uh, Dario Saric. Uh, Saric is um, line tonight with 17 points, 7 rebounds, a steal, and 3 three-pointers off the bench for 25 minutes. To me, Saric is someone I'm watching. I'm watching intently, actually. Um, I think he's kind of good. I, 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 when I watch Philly play, I like his potential. And so this is more of a you know long-term roto. Uh, if you're in keeper leagues, he might be someone you want to keep an eye on. If you're in a big, like a big, you know, 14, 16 team keeper league, I think he should be a must own. But outside of that, he's really someone to watch. Um, even in, in bigger leagues, I think you can own him even just to, if you're in just a, a redraft keep a big league, 14, 16 team league. But 10 to 12 team leagues, uh, I want to see what happens when this team's healthy and what they plan on doing with him, with Saric um, in the rotation in the future. So just keep an eye on him. Let's go on to the next game, the Bulls versus the Pistons. Jimmy Butler, another great game from him. Rondo was back. He only had two assists and three rebounds. He did have a three-pointer. Rondo is super inconsistent. Um, Nico had a great game in the last game and kind of fell off again this game. Still not consistent enough to, for me to own Nico in standard leagues, though his ceiling is, is much higher than most guys on the waiver. Um, he's definitely a flyer-type player. Rondo, I, to me, only fits certain punt strategies in standard leagues. I know he can fill it up. I know he can be a sister rebound guy. And uh, in Roto Leagues, you can kind of, I think you can keep him around, even if you're not in a punt strategy. I think he can be a guy who's on your bench who you occasionally start to get assists you need. And I know that's kind of counterintuitive because he, he's not Roto friendly, uh, Rondo, with his shooting and his, his bad three free throws and his, his lack of points, really. But. Yeah, uh, I still think he's got value simply because of his ability to get rebounds, assists, and steals. Um, and sometimes he can he can really go off on a tear. A little pro tip, if you got Rondo sitting on your bench in any league, really, um, go out and look at the National TV League schedule and see when the Bulls are playing on national television and then start Rondo during those games and those games only. That's when Rondo plays well. There is, this is not a coincidence. This is a, a 100% a trend. So go check that out. Um, Pistons ended up winning this game, uh, having a, a really good fourth quarter, and the, the Bulls just kind of fell apart. Ish Smith moved to the bench uh, for uh, starting uh, in the return of Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson only played 18 minutes tonight, but played really kind of impressive in 18 minutes. He had seven points. Seven assists, two steals, and three rebounds. Um, I don't, I don't know why in any league Reggie Jackson would be available, but I, I think that's in 18 minutes. That's safe to say. I'm, I'm looking forward to Reggie Jackson's return. But that also, uh, and I think I've said this uh, in the last week or two, or last few, actually a few episodes. Ish Smith, hold on to him until he proves that he's not standard league relevant. With uh, he Ish Smith tonight shot pretty poorly, but played 30 minutes and had uh, seven points and 10 f- assists with five rebounds. So Ish Smith, hold, I think he's a hold in standard leagues until he proves that he is not um, going to be going to be relevant. Because I, I feel like they might play um, him in tandem more, but. You know, Caldwell Pope's got that two spot locked down, so this is not a Tim Frazier situation where oh maybe they'll take they'll play uh, Jackson and uh, and Smith together. They probably will at times um, when they're rot- in the rotation, but Smith's minutes are going to take a hit here in the next few weeks. So either sell high on Ish Smith right now, or just ride him out until you have to drop him. Let's uh, let's move on here. Um, you, I think you kind of know what's going on with the rest of those guys on those teams. I've talked about those teams uh, often. The next game is the Spurs versus the T-Wolves. T-Wolves uh, lost tonight. Uh, my Gorgie Dang 9-cat favorite sleeper player of the line of the night is for Gorgie Dang. What a surprise. 16 points, 9 rebounds, an assist, and a steal. I just love Gorgie Dang. He was 7 for 9 tonight. I don't know. I love Gorgie Dang. He's one of my favorite players. Um, don't it's 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 irrational. I know he's not an incredibly stellar player, 
Um, but in nine cat leagues, he just does he does a little bit of everything, and that's really nice. Towns had a really off night. He was three for sixteen, only eleven points, but fourteen rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block, and a three. So at least he got you some counting stats tonight, even though he shot the ball pretty poorly. Rubio two for nine, ugh, um, four points, but six assists and five rebounds. Rubio is a better Rondo because uh, Rubio does get steals and blocks and assists and rebounds more more frequently. Zach Levine thrived with Rubio not playing very well, and I, I think that's that relationship is pretty obvious. Uh, Zach Levine and Rubio don't play very well together. When one of them plays well, the other one doesn't. Chris Dunn came off the bench with six for seven with fifteen points in seventeen minutes. I just uh, that's interesting to note. I don't think there's anything there. Um, I think you know what's going on with the T Wolves. I kind of hope they end up moving Rubio or or Zach Levine. Over the Spurs, um, another really bad night from LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I, I've said this before, and this is probably the, the opportune time. I think over the course of the, the long term of the season, so you, uh, I've been talking about how you got to start thinking about the long term, uh, a player like LaMarcus Aldridge is a better player than he currently is and a better player than probably a lot of the the, the mid-tier players. He's going to be better than Mo Harkless. He's going to be better than uh Tobias Harris even. So like Lamarcus Aldridge has the in in Lamarcus Aldridge's ceiling is very 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 high. He's an incredible player. Tonight he had in 30 minutes he had 6 points. He was 3 for 8. He had two freaking rebounds. He did have three steals. Uh it's a bad game. It's a really bad game. It's an incredibly bad game. I've been saying uh, buy low on LaMarcus Aldridge, and I think you should go out and try to buy low on LaMarcus Aldridge right now. This is this could be the game that breaks the, the camel's back, um, the straw that breaks the camel's back, the st- candle that breaks the straw's back. Anyway, this is it. This could be uh, a lot of LaMarcus Aldridge owners' last straw, and they, um, they want to move him and they want to get rid of him. And... Um, rest of the year i don't see how lamarcus aldridge doesn't end up in the top 30 i really don't i think he's he's just that good he's that consistent he's that good i don't think he's fallen off i don't think he's injured i don't think he's i don't think there's something going on here um i think this is what it is tonight um it looks like uh, ginobili sat and uh, parker as well did not play and let me go check that out so this is something I've been talking about already this year. I really like Patty Mills. Patty Mills did not get the start tonight, even though uh, Parker did not start as well. And this looks like just a, a temporary uh, miss of a game for Tony Parker. Nothing long term. Um, and man, I'm going to butcher this name. La Provitola ended up getting the start tonight. A, a guy that I've never heard of, which goes to show why I play in uh in incredibly in small or, or normal size leagues or shallow leagues, uh, Nicholas Lapopatova. I think I did a decent job on that. Uh, he got the start tonight. Uh, played 21 minutes, two three pointers, ten points, two assists. I, I think nothing to see there. I'm more interested in the fact that Petty Mills played more minutes. He played 27 minutes, 15 points, five assists, two steals. And four rebounds with two threes for Petty Mills. Anytime Tony Parker is out, I think. You can either pick up Petty Mills and, and, and start him, or he should he should be streamed 100% in every league. Um, and even in, in standard roto, or, or roto leagues or standard head-to-head leagues, why not pick up a guy, give him a quality start? I think Petty Mills always has a quality start when a Parker is out. That's just kind of the way it is. Danny Green had a bad night for the Spurs. Um, bad shooting night. Uh, that that temporary week or so when I thought he was going to be uh, back to his normal self. I've uh, I've dropped him in any league I've picked him up in. Paul Gasol, it's twenty six minutes, eleven points, seven rebounds, and an assist. It's going to be uh, two three pointers. Son of a bitch. This son, this guy's all of a sudden sh- starting to shoot threes now that I've moved him out of my roster in most leagues. So thanks a lot. Really appreciate that, uh, Paul Gasol. Like I said, Paul Gasol, I think you're looking at what he's going to be. He's going to be – sometimes he's going to play great. Sometimes he's going to play mediocre. And some and against certain matchups, he's going to hardly play, which is going to average him out into a, a, a you know a, a lower mid-tier player. 
So, you know, sell high when you can, but I, I'm not sure what else you can do with him. The final game of the night was the Suns versus the Jazz. Jazz ended up winning this game in the fourth quarter, um, piling it on against... Um, oh, no, never mind. Sorry, this was kind of a blowout. I misread that box score. This was kind of a blowout until the fourth quarter when the Phoenix Suns started to claw their way back into the game. And this led to a lot of bench minutes from both teams, so I'm not sure we're going to get a lot of value out of this game um, on the norm. But it is interesting to see uh, what teams do when they do have blowout games or what guys are kind of poised to start if there was an injury. Sheldon Mack with 30 minutes tonight. He's still playing a ton of minutes even though Dante Exum's getting the start. Dante Exum with only 7 minutes. Uh, Rodney Hood with only 12 minutes. I don't think there's anything to that. I want to make sure Rodney Hood didn't go out with an injury before I uh, let you go. But, um, yeah, sorry, hamstring. Uh, wait and see. Get, get on that Twitter. Go out, Actually, go out to hashtag basketball.com. Go to their Twitter feed tool which is very very nice go to the utah site and go see what's going on with ronnie hood i'm not going to go do that for you you can go do that yourself it's all about doing homework and learning how to read the box scores that's the whole point of this entire um podcast is that you learn how to read the box scores to help your fantasy uh it's that way you don't have to uh stay at home and quit your job and, and watch each basketball game which sounds actually wonderful um so I don't think you're going to get a ton from this game. Devin Booker has been shooting a little bit better, which is which is very uh, nice. Alex Lynn has moved back to the a bench role, and even in this uh, kind of uh, game where Phoenix was getting blown out at the beginning, uh, Alex Lynn still conceded minutes to Tyson Chandler. I think you can drop Alex Lynn if you're hoping holding on to him with hope that he would uh, continue his his run. Um, if Tyson Chandler goes out, though, I think Alex Lynn is ownable in standard leagues for sure. I, I think he just does, he does enough there. Um, I'm not going to dwell on this game simply because of the the way the game was played. So that's it. That's all for the box scores tonight. If you want to leave me feedback, tell me how bad my pronunciation of players are, uh, and or just give me um, advice on how to make this podcast better for you, which uh, I have. I've been receiving, which is uh, it's, to me, flattering. It's all constructive criticism, and the fact that any of you uh, people listen to this podcast is uh, is flattering um, at the at the least. So, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can find me at Watch the Boxes, all one word. Leave me feedback for the show. Ask me fantasy questions about your own fantasy league. Um, give me tips or advice of things you'd like to see on the show in the future that would really um i'd appreciate all that stuff um so that's at watch the boxes on twitter and if you like the podcast please help us out go out to itunes or wherever you download podcasts rate us and review us the reviews really really help uh visibility for the the podcast and helps other people find find the show so appreciate you guys joining us thanks and have a good night cheers (laughs) 